Greetings, everyone. You are tuned in to the Trinity Falls podcast. This is episode 16, and this is Matt. I hope you're all having a good day. Uh, Before we get into what we're going to do, I wanted to share a quick story. Uh, Last week, my son David was... uh, He somehow got got a hold of my phone, and he was listening to this podcast. And And in the beginning, I always say, you are tuned in to the Trinity Falls podcast, and he goes, what does it mean to be tuned in? And then I realized that that's, that's kind of old uh, radio language. So in the future, I'm going to try to say, uh, you are listening to the Trinity Falls podcast instead of tuned in, because you're not tuned in. You, you clicked a button. You didn't tune in your radio to hear this. So with that out of the way, uh, we are going to finish up the third uh, episode uh, dealing with the Trinity. Uh, So we've been looking at uh, the Trinity uh, for the past two episodes, and in this one, we're going to try to wrap it all up and bring it all together. Um, I shared earlier in the episodes that a lot of times this, this teaching that is so core to Christianity throughout all history uh, really doesn't make much impact on our lives. And so what we've done is we've, we've looked at the Old and New Testaments and we've seen how the idea of Trinity is kind of flows out of the scriptures. And uh, in the last episode, we talked about how there was this struggle in the early church to be faithful to the Old Testament's notion of God as one and also to be faithful to the new work that God was doing through the Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And so they started saying, God is three, but God is one. And we use this word perichoresis to help us understand that. And what that really means is that God exists as loving community, as a community of diversity and unity. And so God is one, Yet God is still three. And here's the thing. If that's mysterious or that's confusing to you, uh, that's good because uh, the logical thing would be to say, oh, there are three gods. Or uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're less than God. Or maybe God is one-third Jesus, one-third the Holy Spirit, one-third the Father. Like Those would be logical, rational things to say. However, they don't really line up with what the scriptures are talking about. So... The church settled on uh, something that's a little more mysterious, a little more, uh, I would say, confusing. Uh, However, they're trying to be faithful to the text. So we have this idea of Trinity. God is three. God is one. And uh, what I want to do today is I want to talk about how this idea, this conception of God is uniquely Christian and should actually change the way we live. It should actually change the way we see the church and how we see the world. Uh, So we're going to get into it. Uh, What I want to do is I want to begin by reading, by by just making a statement uh, that one of the, uh, I guess he was a 19th century, I'm sorry, uh, 20th century theologian, his name is Karl Rahner. And uh, he said that Christians live is if there is no thing as the Trinity. He said, we live as monotheists. Uh, And and what he's saying is that the notion of Trinity 
really doesn't seep down into our practice. And so theologians, especially in the 20th century, started looking at uh, how the idea of Trinity can really impact uh, what we do. And, uh, and so, if, so what they began seeing is that if God exists as community, before eternity, before, before creation, God exists as community. Uh, there's not this hierarchy of a top-down structure. So one author puts it this way, uh, God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each an uncreated person, one in essence, equal in power and in glory. Within a community of perfect love between persons who share all the divine attributes, a notion of hierarchy and subordination is inconceivable. So this is showing that the old way of thinking of God as a top-down structure uh, has gone away, but a new way of conceiving of God has come. Now, if our notion of God is that God is someone who is way upstairs and there's this kind of top-down structure of God where he is on top and then everything else is below, uh, you can see how uh, political systems and how church systems and how family systems could take that and think, well, uh, or this is patriarchy, basically. Uh, there's one ruler and everyone is below him. Uh, the father is in control and everyone listens to what he says. Uh, you, you see what I, what I mean? But if God is this life-giving community, diversity and unity, maybe the way we practice life uh, could be filled with diversity and unity as well. Uh, so I want to I give you an example. Uh, there's a theo- theologian. His name is Miroslav Wolf, and he was a student of Jürgen Moltmann. Aren't those great words? Miroslav Wolf, uh, he had this, uh, he, he, he began to uh, really apply the, this idea of Trinity to the church, and he he wrote a book called "In After Our Likeness," and he was he would say that the church is the image of the Trinity. The church needs to reflect the image of the Trinity. So here's what I mean. Here's here's what here's a practical example. Let's pretend uh, there is a church in somewhere in the Midwest, and they have two worship services. Uh, in, in the early worship service, they, they sing hymns out of a book with an organ. And at the later service, they have a full band and they have words on screen and they have electric guitar and all that. Okay, let's just pretend there's a church like that somewhere here in the Midwest. And uh, so you got two different distinct worship styles. But now let's pretend that in the summer, again, this is just hypothetical, in the summer, those two, that this church only worships one time together. And so now uh, we're going to be bringing, they're going to bring the traditional worship style and the more modern worship style together. What do you do? Uh, who, who decides what style becomes predominant? Uh, and, and so this, this is actually, if you're, if you're not caught on to it yet, this is an issue that here at Trinity Lutheran uh, we, we deal with, we, we wonder about. Uh, how can we 
uh, have a united worship service in the summers. And so uh, if we look at the Trinity, what we see is we see that God is diverse, yet God is united. And so what we can do as the church is we need to be very clear and very firm about where our unity is. And our unity is not in our worship style. Uh, again, our, our unity is in Christ. Our unity is in God's love. Our unity is in missions and in God's work in the world. Uh, our unity is not in music. Uh, our diversity is in music. Our diversity is in different views we have on certain passages of the scriptures. That's where the diversity is. Our diversity is in our, all of our backgrounds and all of our stories that we bring together. And so what we need to do as the church is we need to reflect the Trinity. We need to see ourselves as diverse, all bringing unique pieces, but also unified. And so uh, when I brought this up at the adult Sunday school, uh, one of the persons that goes to the traditional service said, well, maybe we should make room for the more contemporary music so that way more young people come to church. And uh, what I love about that statement is he was saying, uh, in order to have unity, we need to make room for someone else. Uh, but I would also say the flip side. Uh, we also, those of us who are more used to worshiping in a modern setting, uh, we need to make room for those who appreciate more of a traditional style. And so we give and we take, we, we kind of, uh, we love each other and we make room for each other. And so the organ, the drums, the electric guitar, uh, they're all welcome in the Sundays in the summer where we get to practice diversity and unity. Do you see what I'm talking about? Diversity and unity as a good thing, uh, not as a negative thing. Uh, in the summer, uh, well, last summer we went to Dominican Republic with our teenagers, and uh, the practice of Christianity in Dominican Republic is a little different uh, than it is here. And uh, we were exposed to a more charismatic style of faith expression, and uh it was beautiful to see the passion they had, the church had in prayer and in worship. And it was also beautiful to see that uh, they made room for us. They let us share music uh, that was more of um, something that was our style. Uh, but then, they sh then we allowed and were able to, to hear them and, and be blessed by them. Uh, but the coolest thing was that there was unity. We had the same passion. We, we shared the same faith in Christ and wanted Christ to be known in their community. So again, you see diversity and unity. We could have folded our arms and said, oh, well, we don't. We don't pray like that. We don't sing like that. We don't agree with that kind of uh, method. Uh, instead, we chose to embrace it and to learn from it. And we're going back in August, and that's what we're looking forward to. Uh, so the church as united and diversified. Uh, if, you're, if you look on your Facebook um, feed, uh, do you have a lot of different kinds of voices speaking into your life, or are you only following and listening to people that you agree with, uh, especially religiously uh, or in, within Christianity? 
uh, I have to force myself to follow people that will uh, engage me in different ways uh, because the Trinity as diversity and unity um, is pushing us to do that. Um, another really key thing that Trinity uh, explains about our world is it explains our need, our human need for connection. Uh, again, like we keep saying it, but if God exists as community and he creates humanity in his image, he's saying you too need to live in community. The first thing that God sees that is not good in the, the Genesis story is that it's not good for Adam to be alone. It's not good for the man to be alone. And so he makes him uh, a partner, Eve, and that is good. It is good to be in community. Uh, in prisons, one of the, the harshest uh, punishments you can receive is solitary confinement. Because solitary confinement puts us in isolation, and God never intended humanity to be isolated. Uh, people go crazy when they are all alone. Uh, sometimes uh, when we are in our sin or when we are dealing with something, we want to be isolated. And the evil one loves when we are isolated because he knows that healing happens in community. And life and joy come from being in connection with others. Uh, and so Trinity uh, helps us see that uh, that's where that need comes from. Uh, the reason we need connection is because God exists as connection. I want to end by just sharing a quick story. About three years ago, uh, I had uh, a meeting with Pastor Derek, who works here at Trinity, and we were talking about the possibility of me coming on staff here. And one of the first things I loved about this church before I met any of the people or knew any of the programs is I loved the name. The name of our church is Trinity. And at that time, I was in theological studies at Bethel Seminary and was uh, being opened to these new ideas of conceiving of Trinity and really how it impacts our life. So before I knew anything about this church, I knew that I wanted to be a part of a church that had Trinity as its name. Because as I was reading different theologians talking about the Trinity as the reflection of the church, I thought, oh my goodness, we're, I'm going to be working at a church that is named Trinity. And so what my hope has been since I've been here, is that this church, Trinity Lutheran of Minnehaha Falls, would be a church that embodies the true life of the Trinity, where we see uh, life as a life of love, where we give and receive, where we share and make room for each other, where we are unified yet diverse, diversified. And I just love that idea. I would love to see that play out in this congregation. I've seen it play out many times already in this congregation, and I continue to uh, look for ways to see it play out. Um, I would love to see the idea of Trinity play out in your families. What does it look like to know where you are united as a family? 
where are you diversified? Uh, think about this in the power of marriage. Uh, two becoming one. That is Trinitarian right there. Uh, it is uh, two people uh, who are very unique uh, coming together for one purpose. Uh, and what happens when we allow and make room for our spouses and our marriages? Uh, God is love. What if that's how we existed in our marriages as love? Uh, we let each other be who they are, and yet we were united on certain things. Uh, that could be very cool. What if we allowed the idea of Trinity to work its way into our workplaces in our leadership styles, in our management practices, what happens uh, when we see that happen? Uh, good stuff, super exciting. Um, this is a truly unique way of thinking of God. God is three, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Father, Creator, the Son, the Redeemer, and the Spirit, the Sustainer. Uh, so good. So God bless you and have a great day and we will uh, post something else some other time. Peace.